Hey y'all, welcome to the Figuring It Out With You podcast with your favorite mother-daughter duo, where we're in an ever-growing conversation with each other and you all, just trying to figure out how to make the most of the life we've all been given. I'm Kim. And I'm Kay. And let's get this conversation started for today. Hey y'all, it's Kay. And this is Kim. And this is the Figuring It Out With You podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. And while you're here, go ahead and hit like and subscribe to our podcast channel, our YouTube channel. Um, today, we will be talking about mental health and how it affects us. Um, September is National Mental Health Awareness and Suicide Prevention Month. So we're in the right place at the right time. Let's get into it. Um, the first question that I have for you, May Kaylee, is how do you cope with feelings of being overwhelmed? Mm. This is a good question because I feel like I had different answers. Even though I'm only 21, I feel like I have different answers like at different points in my life. But right now, I would say the main way that I like cope with feelings of like stress or like just any other feelings is, um, well, one, I try to take a nap first. That's been like a recent thing because I feel like <laughs> I'm the type where I can get really super emotional. And it's not always the best for, like, my interactions with people. Um, and so, like, recently I've been trying to learn to, like, step back a little bit when I'm feeling like that, like, super emotional. And maybe I'll take a nap or just, like, watch a show real quick. But then after something like that, I usually try to journal about it or just, like, talk through my feelings with myself um, to try to, like, think through, like, okay, what is it really that I'm feeling? Um, yeah, those are the main things I do when I'm feeling overwhelmed. Just take a step back maybe take a nap, whatever I need to do, whether it's like sit in the car, listen to some music, journal a little, little bit, um, watch a little show. Yeah. Sounds good. What about you? Well, just like you, I have different reactions at different points in time. Um, it kind of depends on who the energy is directed towards. Mm. Um, like when I have instances where I feel like my family is overwhelming me, I cry, I scream. Okay. I forgot <laughs> to mention that. I cry a lot. Um, you know, I do withdraw. I do go away. I, even if it's get in my car and drive to the Kroger or to the park or just to be out of that tense environment. Mm. Um, that's causing me to feel that anxiety or stress. I think that um, it is very important for you to be aware of things that trigger you emotionally. And I just want to thank you for teaching me um, that it's okay to ask for your space. I remember when Makalia was younger, she would just be like, don't, don't talk to me, don't speak to me. And as a parent, I'm like, who in the world does she think she is? You know, but as she has gotten older and I've gotten older, I, I recognize and I understand. Sometimes you don't know what to say. Sometimes you don't know how to react and you have to have time to get yourself together. So thank you, Makalia, for teaching me that. Because I think the last time we had an episode was around March. And she actually bought a plane ticket and left say, the state because she felt like she was so overwhelmed. And I was the whole time, I'm like, I don't know who she thinks she is telling me to don't talk to her. We were having a phone conversation. She hung up the phone. I was like, whenever I see her, I'm going to put my hands around her 
throat and choke her. Just joking, but that's how I felt. And I'm mm -hmm. sure a parent, a mother, if you have children, you can relate all of the sacrifices you make for your children, for one of them to blatantly hang up the telephone or say, don't speak to me, don't say anything to me. Um, you can imagine how that made me feel. And after she told me don't speak to her, she proceeds to say, and by the way, in less than 12 hours, I'm going to be flying to Illinois. So I was completely dumbfounded, completely floored. But again, I had to, as she stated, take a step back to say what is going on in her life and in her world to make her feel this way. Um, and I had to know that it was no fault of my own. It was just some things that she was going through personally at that moment in time. And I do 100% agree that when you don't know how to react and you're in a very emotional state, it's just best for you not to have any type of interaction because when you're emotional, you can say some things that you really don't mean. And once the words have left your mouth, you cannot pull them back out of the air. Um, I had a situation to happen to me just this week at work. I was very frustrated. Um, I changed my purse. I left my badge in my, uh, well, at least I thought I left the badge in the other purse. When I got to work, I could not find my badge. Mm. And I work in a bank. So if you walk through that security door without a badge, they see you every single day. But without a badge, you are a whole stepchild. Who are you? Where did you come from? So I had to wait about 40 minutes for my manager to give me clearance to actually get a temporary badge to get to my desk to work. And it was just like a snowball effect. I had a very bad morning. It progressed into a bad afternoon. By the time I got to work, I'm normally bubbly, happy. Kim, that particular day, I was not. My coworkers were like, oh, hello, Kim. And I'm sure they could feel the energy and the aura around me. And one of my coworkers, we're very uh, playful with each other. She walked over to me to give me a hug. I said, please don't touch me. And she kind of just looked very stunned. I said, my energy is not good right now. And I'm not in a good mood. And I don't want to transfer anything to you. So please don't touch me. And I had to sit at my desk. I had to get myself together. It took me a few minutes. But after I was okay, I woosawed. I went back to her and I said, I apologize if you were offended, but I had to take care of what was going on with me before I allowed it to affect the way I interacted with you. So again, I can owe all of that to Michaelia for teaching me. Um, in the past, I was just kind of put my fake face and smile on and just go on, but I was able to deal with my feelings and my emotions in that moment. And it helped me to go ahead and progress and get through the rest of my day. So before we get into that next question, I just want to clarify <laughs> that whole scenario she described. She's probably a little bit off, but um, just know that the main thing I was trying to tell her in that moment was that I didn't really know. I didn't have any like words to say. And I knew as my mom, I always want to come to her very respectful. So yeah, just to give myself a little grace. <laughs> she kind of described it a little bit off. That's okay. That's well, that okay. was my perception of it. And yeah. and that's and that's also important when you're dealing with people and making having these interactions on a daily basis. Your perception is always gonna be more geared to how you were feeling and how those things made you feel. For so sure. it's it's kind of hard to be objective when you have an emotional stake. 
um, in the interaction. So uh, it was a learning. Uh, it was something that caused us both to grow. It was a learning experience. I was actually in that moment able to see my daughter as a young woman. And okay, she's having her own real life issues. She's got her own stuff going on, just like I have my own stuff going on. And she did whatever she felt like she needed to do to make herself feel better, you know, to get through that moment. So, hey, it's no judgment. And, and you're still here to tell the story. <laughs> So, Mommy, where do you feel like you learned most of your coping habits? Uh, most of my coping habits uh, were learned basically through trial and error. Um, I was 21 years old. My mom passed away, and I basically just had to live life. It was a lot of mistakes. It was a lot of bumps in the road. I fell down on my bottom and, and busted it many, many times, but I continued to get back up. Um, I've learned most of my coping habits and skills just through trial and error. You know, I've, I've been that emotional person to spew those hateful words out of my mouth. That's why I know you don't ever allow yourself to get to that place because you can't take those words back. Hmm. Emotions are very tricky because emotions, uh, emotions are, when you're in, in that emotional state, you're driven by what you're feeling, but it's not always, what you're feeling is all, not always right. Um, so I know that you just have to be level-headed and make sure that if I'm upset, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna speak because I don't want to say anything that I'll end up regretting later. Um, so most of my coping skills and habits, I just, you just had to make the mistakes to learn from them. That's, that's all I know. <laughs> um, I'm grateful, though, that I was able to make the mistakes so that I could give y'all a little insight, you know, give my children and my family, sisters, brothers, a little insight on what not to do. Um, so I guess I had to go through it. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, where did you learn most of your coping um, habits and skills? That's a good question. I think for me, like, thinking about where I learned my coping skills and habits, I would say, I don't really know when I started journaling or where I even learned about, like, oh, you should journal. But I feel like from a very early age, I was, like, always just writing out my feelings, just writing. I felt like yes, was always, like, were. something I was drawn to. I think maybe it was because I like to read a lot, so it just felt natural to just, like, write about how I'm feeling, write about my day. Because I also like to talk a lot, so, like... <laughs> I would talk, like, every day I would come home and just spill the whole day, like, from start to finish to my mom in the car. And she still does that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And so I feel like, well, I guess maybe when I didn't feel like I had people around to talk, I was just, like, write. And I feel like in time, at the time when I was younger, I was just writing just to write. But then once I started to get a little bit older and, like, experience things, writing also just became a space where I can just, like, write out how I'm feeling whether it was because there wasn't people around to talk about it or because I just didn't really know yet what I wanted to say. It was kind of like my first step at processing like my experiences just to write about it. And yeah, at some point, sleeping just became convenient, but just taking a little nappy nap because I feel like I kind of have a bad sleep schedule sometimes, but it's getting better. It's getting better. Yeah. Speaking of sleep, I know I have a bad sleep schedule. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually went to the doctor um, a few days ago, and I was explaining to her, um, 
I get up around 5 a.m. If Even if I go to sleep at 4 a.m., I still wake up at 5 a.m. And then I start my day, and my day continues. I leave, clock out from work at 9 p.m. I get home. I may do some homework. I may do whatever I do. Um, I normally go to sleep around 12 or 1 a.m., and then I'm up again at 5 a.m. So sleep is very, very important. I'm happy that you're learning. Um, Maykalia has always been a night owl. She will. It's nothing for her to be up at 4 a.m. Uh, on Instagram or watching a movie or whatever she does. Um, so the fact that she's taking naps now, I'm happy to hear it. I need to implement naps into my life. I don't know how, but I'll find a way. Um, but sleep is very important. And sometimes when you're feeling overwhelmed, it truly is that your body is just tired of telling you, I need to rest. Like, mm -hmm. I, I know you got this rigorous schedule that you do every single day, but I need to rest. So mm -hmm. um, it's funny that you should say that because sometimes <laughs> we just need to take a nap. Um, my next question for you, over time, how has your prioritizing of mental health changed? Um, I think it's something that maybe I, I want to say, I, I think it's from the moment that I understood what mental health was, I think I always thought it was pretty important. Um, but I didn't necessarily know like how to the degree, I guess, like, I feel like when I first learned about it, it seemed like one of those things that was good. Like at some point, maybe you need to like focus on if that makes sense. Whereas I didn't think about it the same way that I think about other types of health, where it's just like, like your physical health, you kind of know that whether or not you have a current issue is something you should be thinking about just always so that you can avoid those issues. And so I think going into it when I first was learning about mental health, I kind of thought it was like a thing where if there's some big crisis, you need to work, you need to like spend the time to figure it out. But then now I think I have this understanding that it's also just like the same as physical health. You need to like, there's certain things you need to do in order to like keep it good before it has to get to like a point of crisis or extreme yeah that sounds good um mental health is something that is was very elusive to me growing up uh it's very taboo to talk about mental health well it was um in my uh family uh, as I got older, I recognized that my dad has been dealing with mental health issues the majority of my life. But when I was younger, I just, you know, people just say, oh, they're just crazy. And you dismiss people's behaviors and patterns. But as I have gotten older, um, I'm able to relate back to those moments and times where people were saying, oh, he's just crazy to know that he was actually having a mental health crisis. So as I became a parent um, and me just feeling life, be feeling be the, the feelings of being overwhelmed in my normal everyday life. Imagine having four children, being a single parent, <laughs> completely overwhelming. So I knew that it was very important for me to take care of my mental health. I didn't even know what that looked like. I didn't even understand what mental like how I would take care of my mental health. Um, I just knew that it was very important. Um, and so I would just say to those of you listening, if you're a caretaker, if you're responsible for anyone, 
you have to take care of yourself first. That's something that I learned on the on the back end of it. Um, I learned that growing up, you take care of your family, you take care of your sisters. And I stated previously, my mom was 21. I was 21, I'm sorry, when she passed away. My brother was about 13. I, my sister was about 15. And my son, Malik, he was three. Um, and I was tasked with being responsible for them and myself, but I put them ahead of me. And I had to learn that you have to take care of Kim first, because if you don't take care of Kim, you're not going to be any good for uh, anyone else. So that has progressively become more important to me throughout life. As I, my family grew, I grew. You got to take care of yourself first. So um, mental health is definitely very, very important. You need to make yourself your first priority. We definitely appreciate you listening um, and tuning in. Please like, like and subscribe to the Figuring It Out With You podcast. Um, and this is just uh, part one of our mental health edition um, because mental health is very, very important and we need to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Thank y'all for joining us.